we recognize there are many languages and individuals who the team did not get a chance to speak with for this episode. This is only the beginning of Untold Stories, and we hope to feature as many people and languages as possible in the future. We've left all the interviews in their original language. You can find a written translation of all interviews in English in our show notes on our website, americpublicradio.com, under the show tab of How Schools Work. Hey everyone, and welcome to NPR's Untold Stories, where we share the stories of teachers and students who learned English as a second language. In this episode, we will be interviewing a variety of teachers and students to get a perspective on what some of our MHS community has experienced. Our team has been able to gather essential information over the past few weeks. Over 20% of students at MHS speak a language other than English, whether it's just in their households or full-time. In addition, Mamaroneck has students representing 47 countries other than the United States. Throughout our process of interviews, we got helpful and eye-opening information. The first question we asked our participants was where they grew up. We wanted to learn where they were born and what their first language was. My family is from the Dominican Republic, um, but they first immigrated to Puerto Rico. So I was born in Puerto Rico and I came to this country when I was three. Um, and we lived in New York City, we lived in the Bronx. Seguro, yo nací en Chile, um, eh, nací en Santiago, pero realmente me crié en el sur de Chile, mayormente en Temuco, um, y eh, porque mi padre era militar, eh, viajé mucho a través de Chile, por todo el sur mayormente, hasta Punta Arenas. Eh, entonces um, fue una, una niñez bastante buena, pero también había esa diferencia de que nunca logré a hacerme de grandes amigos de infancia porque siempre nos cambiábamos de un pueblo a otro dependiendo de dónde tenía que ir mi padre. Um, I was born in Belarus, which is part of the former Soviet Union, mm -hmm. so part of uh, 15 former republics. Um, and I was born in a city called Grodno, um, that is part of current Belarus, and my language is Russian. That's the language we. I speak in the family, I speak with my parents, I spoke with my parents, uh, yeah. En fait, mes parents, ils ont beaucoup voyagé, donc on, on a fait, je suis née à Abu Dhabi, on est parti en Afrique, en Côte d'Ivoire et au Gabon. Je me rappelle pas, j'étais très jeune, et après on est reparti en France, um, et j'ai vécu en France jusqu'à l'âge de 8 ans. I was born in a village in Senegal, it's called Lambay, and it's a small village in the middle of nowhere almost. And uh, my first language was Wolof. Until I started school, then I started learning French. Overall, we found that most people were born in very different parts of the world. We often forget how many different backgrounds are reflected at MHS. We then asked when they learned English for the first time and how difficult it was for them to learn the language. ¿Y qué tan difícil fue para ti aprender inglés? Mm, no fue muy difícil porque ya sabía algunas palabras, pero En otras palabras, sí fue muy difícil, pero ahora lo estoy aprendiendo como un poco más. Uh, es más fácil aprender el inglés que aprender el francés. ¿Realmente? Sí, porque hay mucho más de diferentes tiempos y de verbos en francés que en inglés. When did you first learn English? I assume when you moved here. So, no, I mean, not until I went to school, so not, not until I was five. So, I learned, and when I started school, I did not know English. So I learned English in school. 
Would you say English is a difficult language to learn, or at least personally for you, was it? I think when I was, I think just being so young, it's always so much easier. Um, but as someone who has lots of family members who have immigrated as adults, um, yeah, it's really a really hard language to learn. It is clear that learning English is a different journey for everyone, and its difficulty depends on a variety of factors, including native language and the age you're learning it. We then asked our participants when and why they moved to the United States. We noticed how education usually played an important role in their moving. I came here in 1991. I came as a, a Jewish refugee. So at that time, um, in the Soviet Union, Jews were allowed to leave. Before that, Jewish families were not allowed to leave or, or immigrate. Mm -hmm. And so you had to wait for, that was a long, long process, and you had to wait. So at, finally, in 1991, Jews were allowed to leave as refugees, and some people mm -hmm. went and left, um, you know, went you know, around the world. And my family, we came to the yeah. United States. And why did you move to the United States? Well, for a better opportunity. My parents wanted us to just have more opportunities and, you know, a better life. As you can see, very interesting stories that make us think a little deeper about what people have gone through. Our next question was what language our participants prefer to speak with. Basically, all of our participants are as comfortable in English as they are in their native language, despite, for some of them, learning English years or even decades into their lives. I want to say I'm really comfortable with both. Um, I speak only French at home. Mm -hmm. But because I'm surrounded by English, I would say English, English might be the most comfortable. At here, like at school, I would say I definitely prefer to speak English. Um, at home, I kind of speak like a weird like Spanglish kind of mix where it's like, I would say it's mostly English, but like a lot of like phrases and words thrown around in Spanish. Um, so I would say, in general, I would say English, but Spanish is definitely still a big part of, like, vocabulary and, like, what I kind of, the way I speak, I guess. Je préfère parler français parce que je suis plus à l'aise, parce que c'est ma langue primaire, mais sinon je peux aussi parler anglais. Well, right now, because I've been speaking English, thinking English lately, mm -hmm. you know, thinking it in English, not French before translating, uh, I'm more comfortable speaking in English. We then asked about the language barriers and adjusting to American culture. A lot of us at MHS are so used to speaking English and living in America, we often overlook the challenges that come with learning the ways of a new culture. When you learn language older, mm -hmm. you're always going to have an accent. That There's no way to get rid of your accent past, you know, they say about, you know, after fifth grade, something like that. You know, I haven't read all the studies, but... Um, so I'm always, even though I feel very fluent in English and I think in English, I drink in English, I, I'm very comfortable with the language, I'm always going to have an accent. So there's a, there are a lot of people that automatically assume that I am not as educated because of my accent. Even though I have three master's degrees, I've had students say to me, I was going to ask you for a letter of recommendation, but you know, I wasn't sure if you could write me a really good one. I'm like, well, I think after three master's degrees, I could write a letter. <laughs> You know, but um, but just that misconception that when someone has an accent, they think that that has anything to do with their intellectual ability, and obviously that's not the case. You know, on the contrary, I think the fact that I speak multiple languages 
gives me an edge, right? Vocabulary-wise, etc. But uh, it's a lot of, you know, just a stereotype and misconceptions. You know, most of my friends are, like, American and white, so it was, like, um, you know, like, a lot of things I feel like it's, like, oh, it's, like, really normal in my household. And then, like, people will come over and be, like, oh, why do you do this? Or, like, why do you have this? Or, like, oh, why are you not allowed to do this? When it's always just something that I'm, like, I find is, like, normal to me. And then it's, like, um, not that it's not fair, but it's, like, I feel like I wish sometimes people were more open-minded as to why people, like, grow up in a certain way. And I know it's hard because it's, like, different people grow up in, like, different settings and they get used to stuff. But, like, yeah. Um, do you have memories of having to adjust to a different, like, culture? To be Americanized? Yeah. 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 <laughs> no, I don't think I'm... I think I learn a lot from America about a lot of values and culture. I learn it. Mm-hmm. And, but I have also my own African values, and I'm trying to just, like, pick what's the best, you know? Claro que sí, muchas veces, ¿verdad? Eh, una de las, muy aparte del aspecto lingüístico, cuando tú te mudas a otro país que no es ¿no? tu país nativo, eh, también experimentas cosas culturales, por ejemplo, um, allá en Perú, tú, los estudiantes están en sus clases o en sus salones todo el día, y venir aquí y aprenderme el horario, ¿verdad? Donde, en qué clase, en qué salón es la clase de matemáticas, en qué salón es la clase de historia, ¿verdad? Eh, o usar el casillero, the locker, ¿verdad? También fue un, algo cultural que me tuve que acostumbrar, que fue difícil al principio, pero que con el tiempo en, lo pude lograr. Our last question was for our participants to share a meaningful saying or phrase in their native language. Language is a reflection of culture, so we decided that this would be a challenging but meaningful question to ask our participants. I have a lot of phrases from my dad, but this one he would say all the time, and it's what kept me going through school. Like, I was the first person in my family to go to college, so it was hard. It was like trying something that no one had ever done. So my dad always would say... Si fuera fácil, todo el mundo lo haría. If it were easy, everybody would do it. And so, it w- like, whenever I would come complaining, like, I'm like, oh, my God, it's so hard. He was like, I mean, yeah, it's supposed to be hard. And that has carried me. And I've always said it to my students. And, yeah, I think that's the phrase. Okay, I'm going to say, viel Glück, which means good luck. Oh. Un homme pressé un homme mort. Which means that a hurried man is basically a dead man because you can take your time and it'll all work out. Whereas if you try to rush things, you're more likely to make mistakes. Sí, yo siempre digo cuando alguien tiene un problema, digo no hay mal que por bien no venga. Y así fue esa fue mi filosofía cuando llegué a este país. No hay mal que por bien no venga. O sea, el hecho de que había perdido mi mis amigos, mi cultura. Eh, había una razón mayor que en ese momento no la veía, pero yo sabía que iba a llegar. Y, y así he tenido una buena vida, no me puedo quejar. So we have something like an uh, uh, expression like uh, aim high, hit high. It kind of the same meaning, but we just say it differently. So to students, like for inspiration, you always have to apply yourself even more than you think you can, you can get. Because I never knew that I will 
like when I was in my 20s, I never knew I learned a different language in my 40s, and uh, you know, it's still possible, like in any age. So yeah, aim high, hit high, you can do it. Taku Lige means, Taku Lige means, you know, put something on your wrist, like on your wrist, like yeah. tie it up and start working hard. Oh, wow. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. We would like to thank all of the teachers who took part in our podcast today. Senora Acevedo, Ms. Rodriguez, Madame Perrin, Senora Lugo, Mr. Sec, Senora Andonare, and Dr. Filipova. We would also like to thank the MHS Office of Research, Assessment, and Accountability for providing us with data on our school's population of students and teachers who learned English as a second language. Finally, thank you to all MHS students who took part in today's podcast. Jay Decker, Pia Ducro, Daniel Santiza, Sofia Martinez, Molina Silvestro, Crincia Alvarez, Daniela Santizo, and Gaspard de Tramazur. All other participants wish to remain anonymous. We hope you guys got a different but meaningful perspective on what students and teachers around you have faced. Next year, be sure to check out future episodes of Untold Stories on NPR. These students gave us new information and insight on what it is like to attend a high school where everyone speaks your second language. Big special thanks to our production manager, Caitlin Carpenter. If you want to share a story, make sure to reach out to us. We'd love to listen. This episode has been produced by AP French students. Charlotte Patrico, Ben Young, Ella Puli, Annabelle Rosenberg-Sanchez, and my name is Juliette Remy. And, of course, our teacher, Madame Bridges. À bientôt!